Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? And good, good afternoon. afternoon and welcome to another oh, edition of Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm the other co-host, R.C. Weslowski. And we have in studio today, Pam Bentley, of course. And Daniel Zamparelli and Dina Del Buccia. Hello to all Hello. of you. Hello. Hi. And that's how you pronounce your name, right? Yeah. I misspelled it on uh, on um, Twitter because I was running out of characters. But the way I spelled it would be Del Buccia, right? Yep, that's, so that's right. Yeah, you to put that H in some, there to I put that. I get some <laughs> I've had booches in my life. People. And you have you you have a book rom com that you've written together. So you're going to start out. We usually have you start out. So you're each going to read a poem, and then we'll talk. Yes, we're going to read a poem together. Right. Oh, okay. Just like like good friends do. <laughs> Turn your mic towards it. Yeah, there we go. Boom. Are we good? Yep. Okay, Dina, I'll, you want to start us off? Sure, sure do. <laughs> Emotionally broken. Romantic comedies are dead because we're emotionally broken. Romantic comedies are dead because romance is dead. Romantic comedies are dead because everyone is fulfilled. Romantic comedies are dead because no one reads poetry anymore. Romantic comedies are dead because the government decided to kill them. Romantic comedies are dead because of the word bromance. Romantic comedies are dead because of the word sext. Romantic comedies are dead because someone's mother watches the W network on mute. Romantic comedies are dead because what women want. Romantic comedies are dead because there is no way anyone could love Bradley Cooper. Romantic comedies are dead because pyrotechnicians rule the world, litter occasions with fireworks. Romantic comedies are dead because Nora Ephron is dead. Romantic comedies are dead because Reese Witherspoon won an Oscar. Romantic comedies are dead because box office is our metric, our soulmate, our hollow ship to hell. Now, of course, romantic comedies aren't dead. (laughs) Well, were you you being serious that they are, or...? I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I think what ends up happening is every few years, someone writes a think piece. Everyone's favorite kind of writing, think pieces. And someone writes a think piece about how romantic comedies are dead yeah. and the reasons why. And then people keep making them. But it is true that they don't make as much money as they used to. And they're not as popular. They're kind of like zombies. They- yeah. And I think that except poem, zombies are so popular, so yeah. popular. Except that we, I mean, in the sense that we want them to die, but they just keep on living and they keep being, you know, like yeah. the same old tired plots. Yeah, definitely that happens. And yeah. I think that poem came about from uh, us thinking about think pieces being about poetry being dead as well, and there was like at the same time romantic comedy pieces or pieces about romantic comedies being dead, and there was just it was just very fitting. Well, that's true. There were a lot of pieces about poetry also being dead and not being very significant. And of course, Daniel has a very fun magazine that he edits called Poetry is Dead. Yeah, I was going to say that that, that that seems like a phrase that you probably say quite often, yeah. poetry is dead. Yeah. Um, and 
it isn't. I mean, we all have seen that list of the books that are coming out this spring. It's huge, right? You have to yep. scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. It's not. It's not di- dead at all. No, and that's like, that's why when any somebody, any, anyone has those pieces out where they're like, they think pieces that something is dead. It's usually just somebody's idea of, and it's usually like capitalistic. It's like somebody's capitalistic ideal is not being met, so therefore it's dead. So like poetry doesn't make a lot of money. Rom-coms or rom-coms are, are losing his- less, losing money. And so it's just, it's always, to me, snarky to say something is dead. Well, is it part? I think rom-coms, they might not be making as much money because they're not as good. I mean, people aren't making really, really good ones. Um, I think there are just more people making... I actually think there are a lot more rom-coms, especially on television, and they're Mm. really, really good. But I think what's happening is it's not the same as... I mean, I'm no expert on, you know, the... You better be. You wrote about, a book about, about it. No, about like ho- making Hollywood movies or anything and how that works and what's successful. But, I mean, we know that Guardians of the Galaxy and sure. Star Wars, and those are the kind of things that make money. So studios aren't going to put their their back into putting something out that isn't going to make as much money. So I think there are a lot more indie rom-coms mm. that we see, a lot more small-screen rom-coms that are really successful and that are very critically acclaimed compared to um, when it was kind of the heyday of the 80s and 90s. Meg sure. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of the, the Meg Ryan, Tom Durant. Hanks years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Julia Roberts times. Um, you mentioned Bradley Cooper in there, but I would say Bradley Cooper's been in the last couple of fairly big they're like the million dollar playbook or whatever it's called i was i would silver linings playbook yeah, yeah. and i do think that's a good rom-com yeah yeah and it made I mean, lots of money didn't it? it i think it did very well it won oscars it was big so but i mean sarcastic he's weirdly he's charming to... he's okay. he's not super I'm charming not to me i mean that's Bradley. what i mean i think he's, that's the reason he showed up in that poem he showed up in that poem because we both are like cooper <laughs> no they also, obviously other people no. find him easy to follow they they for sure do but they put him in everything like every year he's in a movie where like he plays something that he clearly is not good at being like it's just like last year i think he was a chef on some movie for no reason yeah correct and i think that just bombed and then like just every year Bradley Cooper in blank and it's it David O. Russell's fault David O. Russell's like I love Bradley Cooper he's great in everything but he, David O. Russell is wrong only Jennifer Lawrence is great in everything yeah Bradley Cooper's not great in everything <laughs> pull it together David O. Russell yeah. please don't come and yell at me I know you're into that just dragging him along like a useless scarecrow yeah thank you yeah <laughs> so you obviously uh, watch a lot of rom-coms um yes. is that why the, how this book came about yeah. Why did you? Because you chose to write a book of poetry on a particular t- subject rather than having poems that you gathered then together. And- Definitely, I also think that Daniel and I are the type of poets that don't just write a bunch of poems about a bunch of things. Like we kind of have an obsessive quality. Yeah. And uh, that definitely brought us together in terms of this and in terms of subject matter. Um, now, how did yeah. you go about writing it? Like, did you read that poem together? Was yeah. that how that was written? Um, that one I think was led by Dina and then it was a list poem. So we kind of just both went in on it. Yeah. Any of the poems in the book that are list poems were collaborations between the two of us that one of us started and then we just left open for the other person to contribute and we would edit and talk, you know, maybe not necessarily talk about it until the end, but we would keep contributing to the theme of that poem. Did you have any evenings or afternoons or whatever where you would get together and just go, okay, let's just... Uh, improvise and throw out, you know, ideas. So if you're doing a list poem, just throw, you know, this and that and boom and bing and see what comes up. Yeah. 
We yeah. did that at uh, at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the concept behind those one was that we were going to sit down with a bunch of wine and uh, write down notes while watching romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So two of those are in there, and it was um, it was throughout the whole movie. We just basically throughout the whole process wrote down a little bit tidbits and notes and then edited and edited uh and then sort of found a, a form for yeah. it later like found the through lines but as we were watching it was just observations and each of us maybe contributing something from you know our own lives yeah. sometimes and then going over it again were you again. re-watching or watching for the first time um i was re-watching both. most of them were re-watches for me too yeah. Yeah, the only thing, I mean, I guess there are some new movies that I had only maybe seen once, but for the most part, it was a lot of rewatching. Yeah. Do you think that people do that with rom-coms more than with other, they Definitely. rewatch them? I yeah. think so. I think for one reason, if you happen to have cable, they replay constantly, like <laughs> yeah. more than other movies for sure. Yeah, like W Network, like back to back them all the time. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. right. Yeah. I don't have a TV anymore. So. <laughs> we, like all weekend long, W Network is just like here's they'll have specific actors too. They'll be like, this is the Hugh Grant weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the yeah, the Bradley Julia Hugh Roberts weekend, Julia Roberts weekend, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and when, when you're talking rom coms, are you specifically going for like say the '80s to now, or were you jumping back to the '40s and '50s and that sort of thing? We did jump back, yes. Yeah, so I uh, saw a reference to Philadelphia. No, not the one. Uh, anyway, there <laughs> is a, a, a sexy <laughs> joke reference to the Philadelphia story for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, but then there's also the one with. Um, oh, anyway, it's yeah. to hear you guys. Talk it happened about. one night, and some like it hot are referenced, and Harold and Maude. So there are older rom-coms of different styles that are um, addressed in the book. Harold and Maude, do you consider? I can or, definitely. I yeah. mean, is it funny? You tell me, RC. They that got their Harold and Maude gets its all all its own poem. It does. Get, I mean, it's really worth its own poem. Hmm. But I think, I mean, to me, that's a rom-com. The Graduate is considered a, a rom-com. Oh. I think there are times when, like Silver Linings Playbook, where rom-coms get a little bit more status, and then people really try and play down both the rom and the com. Yeah, yeah. Because that... It's seen makes, to them as a lesser, like... Uh, exactly. Form. And that's why in the uh, poem about... It happened one night. It references that it won all the top Oscars, which never happens for rom-coms. I don't think it's happened for any other rom-com since that it won Best Actor, Best Director, Best Picture, uh, Best Actress. And I think there's one other. But I don't think that's ever Hmm. happened again with a movie that was – I mean, that's very distinctly a rom-com. And if you want, I see the poem about Harold and Maude is on page 113. Okay. But let's hear uh, another one yeah. from uh, you two. Yeah, are, do most of these you read together, or do you have your own separate uh, ones? It or? depends which ones. Who wrote the villanelles? Uh, which villanelles? The sonnets? There's villanelles in there. Uh, I think maybe, maybe. Oh, you wrote you wrote the, you wrote all the form poems. I maybe wrote like two sonnets in here. Um, <laughs> you did most of them. The thing about yeah, the thing about these poems is we would forget who wrote what. Um, yeah, when you're just looking at a Google Doc that has things that you wrote and things that someone else wrote right. and your styles are kind of merging and you really get along in real life and also apparently in poem form. It gets really, <laughs> really weird. Okay, you can read? I think I got one. Go. Do you have one? No, you go. Okay. Uh, I'm just scanning to make sure there's any language issues. Maybe. Well, we'll just give a warning. Just <laughs> in case uh, there's some content here uh, on a t- uh, Wednesday afternoon, just be warned. And if there's there any F-bombs, go. just, that, you know, F it. Right? Yeah. I don't think there's any F-bombs. Yeah. Uh, this is called Because You Watch 27 Dresses. 
You wait for men on towers or hesitate just before the moment. You board the plane. You become his assistant and quit when he is fired. You go to 27 weddings and work for the Prime Minister of England. You lose your husband and spend years following his letters from the grave, chasing your grief around the world to only realize you should have been making shoes. You open up a small bookshop next to a large corporate bookstore that sells mainly soaps and candles. You become a reporter who masquerades as a young teen in high school to sell a story about what's cool. You let depression sink into your body, purchase the most expensive bedsheets, pay for the most high-profile therapist you can find who helps you start a new business so you can continue to credit card your sorrow away. Oh. That's great advice. <laughs> Oh, or I thought we were doing. You, you want to jump into one? You want me to jump yeah, into two or two? Yeah, yeah okay. I thought that's what was happening. So we Sorry, I was space one for one. Well, while you're looking for it, we can just do a station ideas. You're listening to Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM CFRO. This is Wax Poetic. Our guests today are Dina Delbuchia and Daniel Zamparelli, and their book Romcom. Great for Valentine's Day. It's perfect yeah. for Valentine's it's Day. It's on sale at talonbooks.com, actually, with 25%, 25% off. 25% off. For Valentine's Day. Yeah. Super, super great deal. Uh, oh, you know what? I'll just read the Harold and Maude poem, since we're talking about it so much. Harold and Maude, for Laura Matwichuk. The earth is my body. My head is in the stars. Maude. Common ground. Dirt. Love can grow in the dust-up of a car crashing over a cliff, the forced peace of a gravesite. Find the things that make another person unhappy, that make this person want to toss their arms around you. Lessons she weaves out of long silver braids. She makes magic from reality, silk scarves adorning a 75-year-old body. Young women are too scared to face black humor, existential self-immolation, consensual, sensual May-December. Enjoy life through culture, not marriage. Fight for kisses and thievery. Not harsh, but radical. She's gentle. Breaks down flower metaphors without being trite. She makes us root for death. <laughs> Darcy and I are both looking Daniel's at each other. Daniel's <laughs> poem made me think about how I recently went into the new Indigo Spirit yeah. on Granville Street oh, that opened. Open. And they don't have a poetry section. Of course they don't. They do not have a poetry section. They have a section that's called like literary blah blah or something. Do they have a and romance a, section? They do. They have every other genre has a section. And I'm not saying I, all, I respect all genres. Uh, there are multiple tables of coloring books. That's cool if you want to color. Yep. Grab your Crayolas. That's fine. I just felt so furious, and I was walking <laughs> through the bookstore with my friend and her toddler, and I was yelling. I was like, sure, it's cool to not have a poetry section in this bookstore, and just being just like a super inappropriate old lady, except I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I am on the inside. I do that all the time. And I was so mad. <laughs> so everybody, if you're listening, please tweet. Did they respond? Anyone there? No, the no. It was really busy, though, because it was just opening really weekend, so I think that it People were crammed in this tiny store. But multiple tables of coloring books? There was a big display oh on the wall gosh. that had its own section, and then also a separate table with different crayons and mm-hmm. I understand the appeal, but oh, like, for sure. it's becoming, I mean, it's, it's like any trend. It but just we goes really, really need big. it in the book industry because we need those sales to go up. So 
I don't, I'm not going to fight it. Like, it's important to have that so we can pay for other stuff. <laughs> so we really need it. Go coloring books. But at least, like, <laughs> give us a shelf. Like, give us yes, a poetry shelf. I agree. It was mixed in. For the kiosk. Like, yeah. literary theory was mixed in with poetry, but then also other weird stuff that just didn't. Comedy. No, the, the whole, section humor was has called, its own section. Yeah, the mm-hmm. section was just called "Who Cares." It was called like whatever, yeah. <laughs> like an, an eye roll, ass, like yeah. a little <laughs> animated eye roll beside it. There's, it's this book in the front of the where you walk in and you wipe your boots on the, yeah. on the poetry book that's designated <laughs> for the day. Now you guys do a, a podcast together too, so you not yeah. only like our friends who um, uh, whose poetry now you've written together and your poetry is starting to uh, meld. You also do a podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is it much like this, what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's pretty similar. <laughs> there would just be more drinks in our There's hands. drinks and uh, candies around. Yeah. yeah. We just uh, bring authors in to talk about their upcoming books or their recently published books or books in general. And then uh, we usually try to pair it with like... We usually just try to get them you a, have little a, wine bit, a little bit boozy. We do. Mm-hmm. We have a author liquor pairing that we like to bring in. But yeah, so we usually, but we also talk about ourselves and we talk about things that are going on in the world of literary stuff. But then yeah. we also play games, like really weird games that we make up. And uh, and what's your podcast called? It's called Can't Lit. And uh, where and when can people hear it? Uh, people can get it on iTunes or Stitcher. Also at cantlit.ca. Yeah. And that's C-A-N apostrophe T. Yeah, can't, yeah. as in, oh my God, I can't with that <laughs> podcast about yeah. literature. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we're on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, also at cantlit. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Is it a regular, like, is it every two weeks, every week? or We're trying to do it twice a month. It is about every two weeks, but we have... Yeah, it's been, the only scheduled time is that it comes out the last Monday of the month. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh... In addition to that, we try to do an extra episode per month. So we haven't quite figured out what the schedule is going to be like yet. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a 2016 thing that will. And yeah, where, where do you record it? In at, Daniel's at home. My home. <laughs> that's why. That's why they're allowed uh, wine in the in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. What happens if you want to have a writer on? And is it all genres or just poets or all genres? Like to the point of like we had a cookbook mm-hmm. author okay. and. Yeah. What if you want to have somebody on who doesn't drink? Then what? That's uh, we, great. Give them we've had beer. that a few times. We have had yeah, that a few times. Had, it's all good. <laughs> I bought them different types of ginger beer and lem- sparkling <laughs> lemonade. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we, we have other snacks. Sometimes I'll bake treats. Or yeah. Daniel will have little... I think we up the treats when there's when they don't booze because we don't want to punish for somebody not... Yeah. Who so it's yeah. like a little social visit that you record. Yeah. Yes. The idea was that... Um, we had seen a lot of podcasts um, for literature, but they would just straight up read the material. Mm-hmm. And uh, like like this kind of situation mm-hmm. where like you'll actually talk to us and ask us questions, mm-hmm. like that's what we wanted to see more right. of. And we How wanted, long is the episode? Uh, anywhere from like 40 minutes to an hour and a half. That's oh, the nice wow. thing about a podcast, right? You yeah. can just let it come to a natural ending. Like it's, sometimes we're rushing and sometimes we're trying to fill. And that, like what time is it? Because there's no clock in the studio. I oh, can't it's see it. uh, 21 minutes after oh, okay. the hour. So we still have Excellent. a little bit. To, so you guys can both read another piece. Yeah, let's get this, um, another one. And maybe while see. you're looking for another one, um, can you say something about your involvement in the Vancouver Real, Real Writers? Van- yeah, Real Vancouver Writers Series is a nonprofit reading series. And we happen usually four times a year but a lot of times we're asked by other organizations to partner with them so Mm -hmm. we specifically do four distinct events kind of seasonally so uh, winter spring summer summer being September and fall and 
It's called Real Vancouver, but we do get writers from all across Canada. Uh, our upcoming event on February 26th at the playground at 434 Columbia Street in Chinatown. Uh, we're going to have a really cool American poet. Annalise. So Annalise, yeah, very excited to have uh, Annalise join us. So it's just similar to the podcast. We really felt like we wanted there to be more socializing and sort of like a party or nice cocktail mm-hmm. hour atmosphere at mm-hmm. literary events. So that's kind of what we're trying to contribute, really valuing the work that writers are doing and valuing the reading, but then also really encouraging people to actually mix and intermingle. And we also don't only have one genre per event, unless it's specifically a poetry month event, for, for example. We really want to have different genres right. at every event so that um, – Different communities are together instead of there being kind of the segregation yeah. of event yeah. sort of organization that happens quite often. And different venues too, which different also make, kind of makes it have different character. Except the the one constant is you always co-host. Is that correct? That's correct. I co-host with Sean Cranberry. Uh, I'm the artistic director and he's the executive director and we co-host together. We have a really wonderful uh, board of great, great, great people who are involved in different areas. Not all of them are in the literary community. We got a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, just in case. And you're with uh, you're doing something with Versus this year, are you not? Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly uh, what's happening. Okay. But, oh, they uh, haven't announced their yeah. schedule I know, yet. But I know so I, I, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know exactly did. what's going on, but yes, look for both. Look Poetry for, is dead. There'll Poetry be a bunch of stuff happening. Something. It'll be Versus. It's a great festival. We're always excited to participate and just be around and attend events. So, okay, yeah. Daniel, have you found a poem? Um, I there's like I'm going to give Dina the options here. Of, we can do everything as bad choices that make me feel good, but mm-hmm. we're going to have to bleep <laughs> so much bleeping. There's going to be quite a bit of bleeping. Bad choices, um, right? Yeah, there's <laughs> going to be bleeping and bad choices. Or our Matthew McConaughey paired poems. Oh, let's read Matthew McConaughey. So that's 24 and 25. Shh, 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 shh. Okay. Uh, uh, You start this time? Okay. (laughs) Sure. Matthew McConaughey's arms are T-Rex-sized, and he can barely fit them around any human body. Optical illusions are used to make everyone believe in his romance and sweet southern magnetism. Hot lights illuminate his cheese-eating smile, a soda in his folded knuckle, a woman photoshopped, into a Barbie husk. His hugs are weak. Like, have his arms been smoking weed too? (laughs) Who makes an arm so short? I thought you had to go big in Texas or go home sad and alone to some other place. A place of stubby appendages. Short arms deliver less love, lack urgency and force. Every embrace a pinch, a fresh lobstery cling. He grasps at emotion and it slips from his arms like a satin sheet. Satin is also not that romantic. This is why he started making awards-baiting dramas. There was no way he could fool everyone forever. His cover blown any time he reaches for the top shelf. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get even weirder. Um, Yeah, it sure is. Matthew McConaughey's abs. Matthew McConaughey's abs haven't been alive for over seven years. This is why he is always falling over in movie covers, tilting due to ab loss. So you fall in love with Matthew McConaughey's zombie abs. They are flesh dripping and flapping from his stomach. They awkwardly try to buy you a coffee at the Starbucks. 
you de- decline because you are late, but his dead abs manage to sneak in their phone number into your pocket. Then his dead abs keep bumping into you at the abandoned blockbuster video, at the abandoned gap, and the abs always say the wrong things so you don't forget them as you walk away. Now you can't stop thinking about zo- dead zombie abs. The way dead zombie abs laughed at your jokes and took you to abandoned beaches that are too toxic to swim in. You both sip coconut water from sterilized plastic coconut containers. When you decided that the earth was too much and you wanted to leave, his dead abs stopped you just at the rocket port to tell you they were in love with you too. So deep in love that it shook them to their dead core. <laughs> Does not come off well, Matthew <laughs> uh, It's okay. He's got those that Lincoln money. He doesn't care. He's, He's care. weird. <laughs> what was that? I didn't hear what you said. I said, said he, he's weird. He's weird. <laughs> I always found it obnoxious to see him in so many rom coms because he was. I guess to me he's like a Bradley Cooper. Where I was like, I couldn't uh-huh. find the yeah. interest. Well, I think That's Bradley Cooper good... is a replacement for Matthew McConaughey now that Matthew McConaughey is older and is doing these uh, dramas so mm-hmm. that you wouldn't notice his T Rex arms. Yeah. yeah, keeping it chill. Yeah. Although Interstellar could be a rom com. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one either. either. Oh, so I can that. say that. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and we, we believe. We all you. fully agree. We'll fully have to write a think you. piece about it, and then <laughs> yeah. we will decide if we agree or not. That's right. I wanted to. Um, there, there's references throughout the book about the sidekicks and all the different like kind of characters that we and the the, the same plots that we get all the devices, right? But there's also references in that one, particularly in that one. Um, um, survey you put in or that one quiz that you put in about like everybody laughs at your jokes and you try to be funny because when you were serious nobody listened to you anyway mm-hmm. and I know that you said this some of this comes from the rom-coms you've read and some of it comes from your own life and I wanted to ask you about that because I know that both of you can be quite funny but you also have a lot of serious very smart opinions as well and I wondered how much you identify with that and also that line about being the person sitting in the cafeteria reading in high school was that you Dina or was that you Daniel or was that both of you or was it neither of you or, <laughs> so I think those things, things are related that was, question. I think that was Dina but also yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think also that too like that comes from a place of yeah like identifying with certain types of characters and rom-coms or certain types of even or certain like very very specific characters and be like oh yeah that's that's what it's like to to be me which i think is also why people are interested in rom-coms because you see yourself reflected in certain elements of certain characters yeah like you're like they romanticize every like type of person they don't like and i'm not speaking of like uh type of person as like queers or people mm-hmm. of color or trans like they definitely shy away from that but if you're just character taking types. if they you're sure taking the character types yeah if you're taking character types they romanticize like the nerd like mm-hmm. in she's all that they this nerd becomes like super popular over a bet like a terrible mm-hmm. like horrible thing yeah, like that is actually really yeah. gross yeah yeah but it's also like the nerd is romanticized and in real life the nerds never romanticized like no there's no the nerd just goes on existing. That's what, like, when that, the poem about she's all that, it's like, you just sit there eating your tuna sandwiches, like nothing changes. You right. go through your high school being the nerd and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we have to wrap up. Um, we, you said you'd help us with the events. Is there any events that we can mention yeah, like, for tonight and that. tomorrow night? These guys are going to help us as well. They're both got their phones out now. They're f- f- filling up cool. their Facebook. 
RC, you want to start? Uh, yeah, I know that on Friday, the uh, regular monthly uh, open mic at uh, Christiane's yeah. Lyceum is happening. And that starts about 8.30. Doors are at 8 o'clock. And it's essentially on Alma and 8th Avenue uh, in Kitsilano. So you can check that out. That is this Friday. Uh, also, Poetry, uh, Poetic Justice, they've, uh, and Poetry New West, they've kind of combined and they've got a brand new location. And uh, it is, my glass, it's Originals Restaurant Mexicano. Uh, Restaurante Mexicano uh, this coming Sunday, and uh, you can look that up. It's at twelve thirty. They were initially going to be at three because, of, but because it's Super Bowl Sunday, they're starting early, so it's at twelve thirty. And that'll be the last time that it's every Sunday because they're going to a once a month format. So it'll be the last time on Sunday, and they'll have a new. Um, and um, I think they're going to be in the party room at the Boston Pizza in New West, and their first one of the monthly ones will be at the end of February. So. What do you guys got? Oh, anything? I got nothing. I got uh, I, like mostly they're just drag shows, but <laughs> that's what I have too. Yeah, <laughs> well, pick one and then we'll wrap up. I'm gonna go with uh, Megaphone uh, Magazine is having yes. their big sale tomorrow, yes. which it, they're getting people to I'm come and join them it. and uh, promote Megaphone. And Megaphone supports a lot of uh, poets uh, who deal with low income and all of those issues. So I think definitely go out and buy a Megaphone tomorrow that's if you tomorrow. see them. Yeah. Tomorrow, 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 February 4th. tomorrow on yeah. street corners everywhere. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for being our guests this afternoon, Dina Delbuccia and uh, Daniel Zamparelli. Uh, the book is called Rom-Com, Perfect for Valentine's Day. And Talon Books, you can get it right now. Uh, discount, is that correct? 25%. And I want to say, you know, you've heard some of the poems, but you, you haven't seen the book. It has paper dolls There's for each of them with, uh, with outfits that you can choose. So it's, it's worth buying if only for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like poetry, you can look at illustrations. You can yeah. play with dolls. <laughs> Thank That's you so right. much for having us. Thank you. Thank you, you bet. And uh, we're Pam's back next week. And until then, no, I'm R.C. Weslowski. I'm Pam Bentley. And uh, No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?